This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You played hard. You played to the very last second. You made all us bison so, so proud. Well, you know, you go out there and you give 110%. You hustled out there. You are smart. You are disciplined. You put everything you had into the game. And you want to play good, and you know, you hope you play good. And you know, that's what it's about, right? Until the last minute, you guys did that. I think we played pretty good tonight. That is so inspiring. Well, you know, there's no I in the word team. So you keep playing with chin up and shoulders back. This is a team effort. I'm so proud of you guys, so proud of you. And I just want to say that I'm really proud to be associated with these fine individuals that I have the pleasure of working with. Stu does America. Opening the show, best actor, Brendan Fraser, and worst actor, Kamala Harris. StuDoesMerch.com is the place to go to get the best in conservative merch. Stu10 is the code to save 10% on that merch. If you're watching YouTube, like the video right now. Please uh, subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Do all the things. We appreciate it. Dan Andros is going to be here in a little bit to talk about the latest in the AI revolution. The world is coming to an end yet again because you refuse to use a paper straw. You bastards. Mm. But we start by doing the war on... Donald Trump. Here we are again. The war is ongoing. I feel like it's been going on. I'm honestly sick of the war. I, I, you know, I mean, it's like, a, I mean, you, I think Afga- you guys sick of the Afghanistan war or Iraq after a while. I'm really sick of this war at this point. The war on Donald Trump rages on. And, you know, look, we didn't see an arrest today. I'm not at all surprised about that. I mean, I think Donald Trump is, is he's in a, uh, you don't want to be in a situation where uh, someone's threatening an indictment against you. Uh, however, Trump, I think, understands to use this, you know, for politics the best way possible. And the best way possible is to draw attention to it. Uh, if you want to win a primary in the Republican Party right now, it's not a bad idea to say, hey, I'm the biggest enemy of the other side. And that is where Donald Trump is trying to position himself. Now, as, as far as the actual core of this case, you go back to this. This goes back to Stormy Daniels uh, right before the 2016 election. Uh, she had shopped her story around a million times, and no one was really biting on it. Finally, um, it looked like it might come out, and Trump and Michael Cohen came to some agreement to get the, some money to Stormy Daniels to make this go away. Uh, it went away. Uh, she took the, I think it was $130,000, a check from Michael Cohen. Cohen was later reimbursed by uh, Donald Trump. Uh, and that is basically the foundation of this case. Now, you might say, well, that doesn't sound like that. I mean, it sounds a little, I mean, if you think the worst of that situation, you'd say, okay, that sounds a little slimy. Uh, you know, porn star hookups, not exactly the most glamorous thing in the world. Uh, you know, uh, he was married at the time. Melania, I think, was pregnant at the time. He's denies the affair, by the way, whether, you know, what do you want to, take of that. I mean, I, who knows what went on there, but there's a lot of stuff you can criticize about that moment, but is this some big crime where you need to haul the guy off in handcuffs? I mean, it, it really, to me, first of all, seems like a misdemeanor, if, if anything, 
uh, if it crosses, because you could say it crosses a slimy line you don't, you don't feel comfortable with, but to say that it crosses a criminal line, maybe you get into the world of campaign finance law where you could get it to a misdemeanor. The problem with that is a misdemeanor statute of limitations are, has already run out, so they can't call it a misdemeanor. They have to call it a felony and lump things on top of each other and come up with some new novel legal approach to try to sink Donald Trump because that is their well, one of their goals, and we'll get into their other goal here as well. I will say, this is not a good precedent to be setting. If this does happen, as many expect it to happen, you know, it could be tomorrow, could be next week, but at some point where Donald Trump you know, and his attorneys get a call and say, hey, you got to come here, you got to turn yourself in, you got to do it virtually, you're going to be arraigned, uh, you're going you're gonna to be indicted. If that does happen, this is going to open up the floodgates on this type of behavior. And it's going to come from certainly the left where, you know, if you happen to be you know, somewhere in California and you can come up, someone makes some accusation or you catch somebody in some little thing, you can make it an international incident and go after politicians of the other side that you don't like. And what is going to happen to the people? Uh, may I uh, remind you, uh, Alvin Bragg? Who is Alvin Bragg? Why do you know Alvin Bragg's name? It's not because of what he's accomplished in his life. I'll tell you that much. Alvin Bragg? Who knows who this guy is? You would not know his name at all if not for what he was doing right now with Donald Trump. And that is the lesson that will be learned from this. If you want to elevate your profile, if you want to become super famous, if you want to be invited on MSNBC, if you want to be leaking to the New York Times every little detail, if you want to run for governor one day or senator or congressman, what do you do? Well, here's a nice little path. This is a nice little path to, to fame and stardom. You come out, you accuse the devil on the other side of the argument, and your side is going to love you at this point. And this is why you can almost be sure he's going to be indicted at some point, even though this case is not going to hold up and it's going to go uh, it's going to go down the tubes. I believe when it's actually uh, when, when they go through all this process, I think it's going to get thrown out almost immediately. But if you are Alvin Bragg, your whole play here is to get attention on the name Alvin Bragg. If you don't bring up an indictment now. The only reason people are going to remember you is because you were the guy who didn't indict Donald Trump. Now, that might make you like Alvin Bragg a little bit more. I doubt it, but it might make you go from a negative 1,000 to a negative 990 on the Alvin Bragg scale. However, the people he cares about are people in New York, the voters in New York the liberals in New York who want nothing more than Donald Trump in handcuffs for one reason or another. It's not really important what the details are on that one. So he can't back out of this now. He has to go forward with it. And if it gets tossed out in court later on, he could say, I know we had that one down and the those evil right wing New York courts or whatever screwed us over. So that is, I think, coming down the road relatively soon. And I will say it's going to probably happen on the other side, too. You know, when you're telling me that uh, some local prosecutor in, uh, you know, I don't know, New Jersey somewhere uh, or uh, maybe in Alabama has a uh, uh, that's a, happens to be a Republican, wants to get his name at a higher profile. They're not going to come after a DA. It's not going to come after Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren or whoever else. I mean, we're incentivizing very bad things here. And that's why we've always had in this country a bit of restraint on these matters. You know, Hillary Clinton had a massive campaign finance uh, violation back around the dossier days. Uh, she she claimed that was uh, on her financial report, something like a uh, legal, legal uh, fees. And I was like, no, that was just us trying to smear an opponent. 
She got fined $130,000 for that. You know, is that a big difference to Hillary Clinton? No, but it was a slap on the wrist. And that's the type of thing that usually goes on with campaign finance reform. You get a slap on the wrist. You, you know, people have, you have to acknowledge you did something wrong. But at the end of the day, you're just paying a fine. If anything, and I, I stress that, if anything, that's probably where this thing with Trump would land. Now, it's been interesting to see the media walk down this road and try to follow the story because for some reason we have this situation where Donald Trump is potentially being charged with a crime. The Democrats are all cheering it on and saying how wonderful it is. And yet the Republicans have to be asked about this individually if they have any profile whatsoever. Every Republican has to answer for what might happen if Donald Trump does get indicted. Why? What do they have to do with this? I mean, I don't understand. What, what does this have to do with them? It hasn't. First of all, it hasn't even happened yet, I remind you. And if it does happen, well, then that's a Donald Trump issue. Now, maybe at that point when people see the details of what's in the indictment and they can try to understand it, they can have some sort of comment on it. But why are we getting pre-commentary from every Republican candidate and every Republican in power about what might happen to Donald Trump down the road? It doesn't make any sense. Now, Ron DeSantis, of course, is the big name on this list. He was finally asked about this the other day, uh, and he came up with an answer. And uh, and let's go through this here uh, so we can kind of get where he's coming from. Uh, Tell me if you think this is a good response or is it a bad response. It is uh, Ron DeSantis. This is after, by the way, a probably much more important issue where he was talking about central bank uh, digital currencies. But here is uh, Ron DeSantis on Trump. We wanted to know what your thoughts are on the rumored Trump indictment and if you have any role in it, um, if charges are brought on him, will you have any role in extradition to New York? So I've seen rumors swirl. I have not seen any facts uh, yet, and so I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this. The, the Manhattan district attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor. And so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, They weaponize their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. He has downgraded over 50 percent of the felonies to misdemeanors. He says he doesn't want to even have jail time for the vast, vast majority of crimes. And what we've seen in Manhattan is we've seen the the, the crime rate go up and we've seen citizens become less safe. So DeSantis basically says, like, I don't know what the details are, but I will tell you that this guy's a Soros DA and these people are doing a bad job. And, uh, you know, they're down. They're, they don't care about any other types of crime. All the other crimes are just throwing out constantly, taking felonies and turning them into misdemeanors all the time. But for this one famous guy, they're going the other direction. It's obviously political here. Um, uh, you know, look, uh, I think that's a pretty good response. I'd rather have him talking. And, I, and look. This happens all the time with Donald Trump in particular. Donald Trump can defend himself. He's really good at it. It's like his best skill. Like it's, it's, it's the thing he works on almost all day is defending himself. Why everyone else has to come in and constantly defend this guy for him. I don't know why. Let him just defend himself. We don't even have the charges if there are any charges yet. Why does Ron DeSantis have to come out and comment on this? I think it's smart to broaden it to issues that actually affect me and you and many other people. These Soros DAs are doing a bad job for these cities, and that's actually affecting real lives. DeSantis went on. And so you're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into 
paying hush money to a porn star to, to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office. And um, I think that that's fundamentally wrong. So he's agreeing with Trump and agreeing with many on the right that this is political persecution. And I think that's uh, completely true, as I've covered already. The thing that DeSantis seems to be getting flack over from the right and Trump in particular, and we'll get into his response here in a second, is this idea that uh, he brought up the actual underlying story and like, guys, I don't know if you remember this. I mean, because I remember at the beginning, there were questions about whether it was true or not. But then everybody just admitted it. Like, he didn't admit the affair. I don't know. I mean, she's got a lot of weird details about the evening. Would you be at all surprised? I mean, Trump has said in the past he's done all sorts of things. He, we all know he's had affairs. He was, it was what he was most famous for before uh, he became president of the United States. It was like his big thing. So I don't know. Did he sleep with Stormy Daniels? Frankly, I don't care. I don't care what he did with Stormy Daniels. Um, there was a question at the beginning of whether they actually paid, made these payments to Stormy Daniels and someone from Playboy uh, as well right around this time. And uh, Michael Cohen came out and admitted it. Now, remember, Michael Cohen at the time was still with Donald Trump. And he remained employed for a very long time after he said, yes, this happened. It was Donald Trump didn't fire him immediately. They eventually had a falling out years and years. I guess what, a year and a half, two years later. And like you could say, you don't trust Michael Cohen now. There's never been a moment you should trust Michael Cohen. He is not a trustworthy individual at all, in my opinion. However, Donald Trump kept employing him and paying him after he said this all went on. I mean, it's not a real question of whether he made these payments. And then he was reimbursed over a year long period. That's just kind of. What happened now, like if you're uncomfortable with that, obviously, step one is don't do it. You know, I mean, I, I hate to bring that up, but it's like you probably shouldn't be doing that. We you know, certainly, you know, as a person who came up uh, in the talk radio world around the Clinton era, when we were talking about Monica Lewinsky and some of his other incidents, this is certainly something that the talk radio audience would have been highly critical of if a Democrat was engaged in it. Rightly so. Rightly so. That doesn't mean. He can't be president of the United States. It doesn't mean he should be being charged right now. Those are other issues. But you can look at this and the fact that DeSantis brings it up. Like, what is the standard he's supposed to hit here? I hear this is the stuff all the time. If you're at all critical of Donald Trump and you say anything critical of Trump, then everyone blows up at you as if you're like this disloyal guy who's not allowed uh, to say these things. On the other hand, when Trump goes nuclear against you, you're just supposed to take it, I think. I don't know. I don't know what the standard's supposed to be for these guys. Look, this is going to be an ugly primary. When DeSantis, if DeSantis gets into this race, he's going to have to take on Trump one-on-one. We saw in 2016 how people wanted to avoid that, and it did not work out for them. If DeSantis does not want to do that, he's going to get smoked by Trump. And look, I think he's the overwhelming underdog in this race. I do not think he is the favorite by any means. Donald Trump has a 35, 40 percent floor in these primaries in a lot of these states. And, you know, he'd have to really screw up to not win this primary. 
And he has a, a, a stranglehold on a large portion of the voting base in the Republican Party. This is his to lose. Uh, but, I, you know, the fact that this every single Republican candidate has to be asked about everything that Trump does just guarantees this is a primary about Donald Trump and nothing else. All right. Let me give you the end of this uh, end of this uh, statement from Ron DeSantis. I also think it's important to point out when you're talking about these Soros funded prosecutors. Yes, they may do a high profile politicized prosecution uh, and that's bad. But the real victims are ordinary New Yorkers ordinary Americans in all these different jurisdictions, that they get victimized every day because of the reckless political agenda that these Soros DAs bring to their job. They ignore crime and they empower criminals, and that hurts people. It hurts a lot of people every single day. These Soros district attorneys are a menace to society, and I'm just glad that I'm the only governor in the country that's actually removed one from office during my tenure. Hmm. I mean, again, I think it's smart to bring this back to something that matters to the American people. Uh, you know, I, I, so much of the, the discourse right now about the election is looking backward. And I do think we need to look forward uh, a little bit more uh, if we're going to uh, get any of these solutions going forward. Um, let me give you one more from uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida. I've got real issues I got to deal with here in the state of Florida. We're obviously shutting down uh, CBDC, which is important. We've got so many things pending in front of the legislature. Uh, I've got to spend my time on issues that actually matter to people. Uh, I can't spend my time uh, worrying about uh, things, things of that nature. So, so we're not going to be involved in it in any way. Um, I'm fighting for Floridians, and I'm fighting back against Biden. That's what I do every single day. Again, I don't know what's wrong with that response. One of the things that was people were critical on him were like, why didn't you say you're going to block the extradition of Donald Trump? Well, he has no power to do that. He has no ability to do that. And this, if you care about the Constitution, which I know you do, you are probably familiar with uh, with Article four, Section two, a person charged in any state with treason, felony or other crime who shall flee from justice and be found in another state, shall on demand of the executive authority of the state from which he fled be delivered up to be removed to the state having jurisdiction of the crime. I mean, it's kind of boring uh, stuff. We all know this, right? You can't, you can't just hang out in another state. That's just not how this works. Um, and, you know, the Constitution is standing in the way of him doing anything like that. Um, now, Trump got very angry that the the Stormy Daniels thing got brought up. Here's what he said on Truth Social. Ron DeSanctimonious will probably find out about false accusations and fake stories sometime in the future. It's really subtle here. And uh, as he gets older, wiser and better known, he when he's unfairly and illegally attacked by a woman, even classmates that are underage or possibly a man or possibly a man. I'm sure he will want to fight these misfits just like I do. And he links to a, a completely ridiculous left-wing site uh, that is, uh, again, I don't, he shouldn't even, I don't know. Look, the truth here, of course, is that when you're looking ahead at this, and you're looking ahead at a primary that's going to be ugly, you're going to expect tactics. You could see the DeSantis style sort of developing. Hey, I'll give you a couple little subtle knocks, and then I'll go to my policy. And you know what Trump's style is. He's going to come full bore right at you, right in your face. And he's going to say things that, you know, he's going to say stuff like, hey, I heard your dad killed JFK. Like, he's going to do stuff like that. We all know this game by now. And no one, including Ted Cruz, was able to do much of anything to defend against it. Can DeSantis pull this off? That is the question. It's important to note he has never been tested like this. He's never been tested in a world like this. We have no idea how he's going to react to it. So far, it's gone okay. He's competitive. 
But there's a lot more coming from Donald Trump as we go forward. And when you go back to the actual prosecution here from Alvin Bragg, it's important to note what the left is cheering for here. They have two things they're cheering for. One, we already discussed. They hate Donald Trump. They want him in prison. They want the worst things possible to happen to this guy. If they could torture him in the public square, they would do it and they would come up with a justification later on. That is the way the left thinks about Donald Trump. And Trump is completely right about that. The secondary thing is right or wrong, whether they're correct or incorrect, and they very well may be incorrect. They were incorrect in 2016 on this question. But they have decided they think they can beat Donald Trump. They want to face Donald Trump in this primary. That's what they were uh, in the general. Excuse me. They want him to win the primary and they think they can take him out. Is that smart? Wasn't smart in 2016. They would argue, hey, well, we beat him in 2020. We know the playbook now. He took us by surprise in 2016. It was still close in both elections, but we can do it. That's how they're thinking about this. And so the turning every single issue into an issue that must be about Donald Trump helps both Donald Trump and helps the left in their eyes. That's what they think. This is, you know, you're seeing this now with you know Trump and he's getting now all of a sudden after multiple years being uh, given access again to all of the social media. He hasn't really used them yet, but he's now back on. Uh, they want more attention to be uh, pointed at Donald Trump. And that's not doesn't mean necessarily that, uh, that Ron DeSantis is has a better chance of winning. Doesn't necessarily mean that, though you might think it does. The question more is they don't have a playbook for Ron DeSantis yet. They don't know how to beat Ron DeSantis. They believe they have a playbook on how to beat Trump. They believe they did it in 18 with with the people he supported. They believe they did it in 20. They believe they did it in 22. They think they could do it again in 24. They look at 2016 as a one-off. You know, Hillary Clinton was uniquely bad. And unless there's some terrible consequence on the side of this, um, you know, Biden's going to be able to beat him. And I think like, you know, There's an argument to be made that it would be a close election once again. The point, though, is that this is what they want. And we should go into this understanding the the types of things they're doing are to inflame this situation and have Republicans turn on Republicans. They want the divisions. They want, even if DeSantis wins, Trump is so pissed about it that he tells all of his voters not to go out and vote for Ron DeSantis. They want to try to sink this either way because they think they have a pathway to success through the Trump lens, whether he's the actual candidate or he's just an antagonist that pisses off enough people that they won't go out and vote for Ron DeSantis and they can win again. This is all, as you always know, about power, and it's going to continue. Get ready for it for another 18 months. Well, uh, we've talked recently about uh, uh, an all-natural supplement called Liver Health Formula. It works great to rejuvenate your liver, uh, reignite your metabolism, burn fat, boost energy, and fight fatty liver that affects 100 million Americans. Well, the good folks over there put together a short presentation that shares four warning signs of a damaged fatty liver. Uh, The warning sign number two uh, is scary. I mean, any warning sign of your liver is going to freak you out, probably. Uh, You can watch this free presentation and learn more about your liver health right now. Just head over to checkyourliver.com slash stew. Checkyourliver.com slash stew. Check it out now. Checkyourliver.com slash stew. I'm going to bring in Dan Andros. He's the managing editor of Faithwire.com and host of the Quick Start podcast, which you can subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. Dan, how's it going? 
It's going great, Stu. Are you, are a, you? a slave to artificial intelligence yet? Um, I don't know. I was told on Twitter after I uh, criticized this new AI phenomenon that's going on that maybe we're living with AI overlords already, and I just don't know it. Ah, yes, we're already mm. in the simulation. I, I like yeah. that. Uh, it's a crappy simulation, AI, if you can hear me, if this is what you're yeah. doing. Uh, seriously, <laughs> come up with something better. Um, yeah. it, it, I, I find myself at the beginning of this AI journey here. We're going to get into these comments from Sam Altman here in just a second. But like, I'm always the, the I, tr I try to be the person who looks at these new developments that come in technology and not freak out about them, right? Like, I, I feel like we've been through a million of these cycles before. There's always somebody worrying us about, you know, when we were kids, it was video games, right? Like, I remember our parents, yeah. you know, being like, oh, you can't just sit there and play video games all day. And look how we turned out. Okay, not a great, <laughs> be the best example. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, this is a constant thing that goes on over and over again through society. So, I mean, are we at the beginning of this era and should we be freaking out? Yeah, I mean, I think yes and yes. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you don't want to be the guy, like, we're sitting here on videotape, right? We don't want to be the ones in the documentary that are essentially like the, this calculator is going to ruin <laughs> everyone's mathematics. They're not going to know how to use their brains. These calculators are going to be the end of it. And, and then you look back on it and you're like, oh, well, I guess the calculators didn't ruin everything. Um, it just made things uh, a little easier. But um, I don't know. I, I try. I, I've been trying to look at a pro and con list, and I just don't come up with a ton of pros. And maybe I'm just not smart enough to see exactly the best ways to use this that won't um, kind of just be detrimental. I mean, the biggest pro I can think of is, oh, it, it'll save you time on so many things. We'll be more efficient. But we had that same promise with the previous round of technology with the internet. And all that did is just make us do more stuff. We just, yes, we can do things faster, but then everyone's like, oh, you're done. Well, great. Now you get to do four more hundred things. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think it really, yes, we can go faster and we can cover more ground, I guess, but uh, it doesn't make your life easier. You just do more stuff. Yeah. And look, productivity gains are good for the economy. There's a lot to be yeah. said for that. I get it. But like, I feel like, you know, I don't know. I always have that idea that, okay, well, we always freak out and we always get through these things. But like lately I've been thinking maybe we actually don't like maybe we are underselling some of the stuff. The, the phone is a great example. You, you, you just mentioned it where like if we at the beginning when the iPhone comes out, there were certainly people who were saying like this. I don't know what this is going to do. Do we really need a phone? Do we really need to be able to go on the Internet all the time wherever we go? And people freaked out a little bit about that. But like I think in reality it was way worse than those things, than we predicted, even from the people who were freaking out at the time. No one yeah. assumed we'd all of a sudden go to six hours a day on your phone. I, mean, no one can, <laughs> I don't think anyone conceived no. of that. No, and like people walking by each other and just staring at their phone and not looking at, you know, you get somebody dying on the street and everyone's like, oh yeah, look at my finger <laughs> that I got to stare at. I mean, if you would have wrote that in like a sitcom or a, or a, you know, sci-fi thriller back in 1980 that people'd be walking around just staring at their screens, not paying attention to anyone. And then reading these things all day and then getting so mad at each other because of pol politics and everything else, it would have been laughable. It would have been a ridiculous script. But yeah, I think you're right. I, I think it's done way more damage overall. The division, we're, we've always been divided on politics, right? But the the hatred people have for one another now, I think is absolutely directly connected to 
our tech and social media. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that wasn't even the thing I was thinking of. You're right. Like the divisions are a huge part of it. But I was thinking more of like how much of a time suck it is, how much, you know, yeah. you see couples together sitting at tables, you know, looking at their phones, not talking to each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you see, you know, the, the, the effects kids. we're having on kids and, and suicide yeah. and all that other stuff. And it just it feels like it's actually we actually undersold, I think, the freaking out over the phones. All the things there have been good things, too. And I think that will definitely be the case with A.I., but it just, it seems like we're actually starting to undersell. And I, don't, I think it might be the speed of these innovations. I mean, you had the internet, you know, what, mid-90s? And then 2009, you're getting, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the iPhone. And you're get, in 2023, you're getting the AI stuff. And, like, these are, like, pretty rapid developments. This is like, you know, you had the printing press. And then, like, 85 years later, you had another big one. <laughs> right. Know? Like, it's not like that no. anymore. No, and this, and then the the other weird thing about this is that there's this AI sort of arms race. Like they're all like Chat GPT, which I have to say incredibly slow. I hate the name. And when they take over the world, I'm going to be the first to get culled because <laughs> I keep saying GBT because I worked for Glenn for too many years and I can't. I just can't say it. I and can't this do it. And this network was called GBTV at the very beginning. Yes. Uh, yes. So. so so I, AI, if you can look this up at some point, please don't call me. It's it's not my fault. I'm human. Um, but uh, maybe you don't understand that. But I, my other issue with this is I think we're going to have a hard time knowing what's real and what's not. Like maybe the early iterations, it won't be that sophisticated. But if you've dabbled at all with the um, with the um, AI imagery. A deal. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Our, already today on the internet, there was pictures of Trump running from police and they were they were using this AI to to make it to try to trick people on Twitter that Trump had been arrested. And they're really funny pictures, actually. It's like <laughs> he's like running and the cops are tackling him. And I mean, it looks fairly real if you just glanced at it. And that's, you know, but, we're in like yeah. month one of this existing. I mean, imagine right. what this looks like six months, a year from now. Right. I mean, people are going to be set up for crimes. You're you're going to see video evidence and not even believe it because you're mad. They just, they probably just AI'd that thing. Um, and so there's so many layers to this and that, that reality component to me is going to be, because on the one hand, I don't worry because, because I see, oh, you're going to, you're a content creator. Well, this is just going to take away all your content and, and you're going to replace you um, like automated, you know, checkout lines. Like, I, I don't think that's the case unless you're making very crappy content. Right. Like, I think it's a very easy counter that the market will want something written by an actual human being. And, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like putting the made in America sticker on there. You can just be like made by a human. Yeah. Um, so I do think there will be certain market corrections. It won't just be all oh, all the humans are because they've said that for decades and decades in, in other areas. And it's true, like some areas do get processed out. But there's still plenty of room for human jobs. So I, I don't think that's a, a total concern, but I, I am concerned about the reality thing. I think when people, cause this is what happens when you give schlubs who don't have any talent with, um, you know, graphic design. And now they can just type in, Hey, make it, all you have to do is write, Hey, make tr pictures of Trump that look realistic of him getting arrested by police. And you have it in three seconds. It's it just seems like the schlubs are going to do dumb things with this stuff. Oh, yeah. And and people are going to be able to game the system. And we're already seeing larger, yeah. even places like BuzzFeed saying we're going to use this for some of our articles. And, and I, you know, I think there's a you're right. There's always going to be some 
some uh, audience, some market for, you know, handmade content, right? Like, you know, the, the example that keeps popping in my head is my, my son, Zach, is very much into sports cards right now. And, like, you know, we very easily in society, we have plenty of ways to manufacture fake signatures, right? Like, that's not a hard yeah. thing to do in 2023. But still, that being said, there's a massive market for people who want signatures by the real hand of the real person who played the game. And, like, I think there's a, there's a chance that, that that holds for a while. But, like, I think the name brands that are around now are going to be important. Like, you know, yeah. how the, the next guy who rises up, um, you know, is a big commentator on the left or the right, how are you going to know that they're not fueled by this stuff? You're really not going to. It's almost like you have, you know, a Glenn Beck who's been around for a bunch of years. You know it's coming from him. And, like, he has a brand name that will maybe mean that. But, like, I think as we go forward, there's just going to be so much competition in this realm People are going to be churning oh. out entire news websites of just well, fake articles. And another article I saw today said China is going to be making their own version of this. And, and there's you know this arms race is going on. What's China going to do with this stuff? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, that's where it really starts getting scary is thinking about uh, what China's going to do. And then you have I mean, we didn't even touch on like kids and students cheating with this. I mean, oh, I had yeah. a student tell I had a student tell me the other day, this is a true story. He said, uh, oh yeah, you should just get on board or get left behind. And I said, well, it's, I just joked and called it cheat GPT. <laughs> and, and, uh, they, oh no, it's not cheating. I, I used it to help me with an outline the other day. I said, oh yeah, what'd you do? Well, I had this outline. It was disorganized. I said, organize this outline and it organized it and, uh, you know, use it for a debate or something. And I, and I said, so you had a crappy outline and then you improved it by n you didn't do it, but but it got improved <laughs> and then it helped you get a better score. That's not cheating. How? Mm. Well, it's my work. Like, well, yeah. no, you right. didn't do the important part. And I think, too, like the comeback to that, which, you know, might be out there. Kids are not going to be trained enough of, of thinking to actually come up with it. They're going to have to go to right, chat GPT right. to have a comeback about chat GPT. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> let me play this quickly from uh, Good Morning America. This is uh, um, yep. uh, Sam Altman. He's kind of, the, you know, remember the, the open AI, you mentioned the arms race. You have open AI. Uh, Microsoft is involved with open AI. They're using that same technology of this now GPT-4, which is the newest one. There's also, that came out basically today, I think, uh, Google's version of this called BARD which is a, just mm -hmm. a sexy name. And then there's right. also, you know, tons of other, you know, outside people doing this along with China and everything else. Uh, Sam Altman, though, is the guy who's from OpenAI, and he's the chat GPT guy. Uh, he, Elon Musk was part of this at the very beginning as well, but he's gone now. So here he is. <laughs> Again, this is the guy designing your future. Uh, <laughs> on, on GMA, I, he looks too nervous for a guy who's creating this brand new thing. I'm a little worried about where, where this goes. Watch. What changes because of artificial intelligence? Part of the exciting thing here is we, we get continually surprised by the creative power of, of all of society. Not I good. think that word surprise, though, it's both exhilarating as well as terrifying That's to for people. Sure. I think people should be happy that we're a little bit scared of this. I think people should be You're happy. a little bit scared. A little bit, yeah, You personally. Course. If I said I were not, you should either not trust me or be very unhappy I'm in this job. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. We are going to be murdered by alien robot yeah. thingies in, in days now. I mean, that's an admission, is it not, that this could have terrifying results? I mean, he's, say, I mean, he, he's just acknowledging, hey, at least I care that, it, you know, that I don't want it to do that and we'll turn it off. If uh, if it gets out of control. But to me, that is a stark admission that it has that potential. 
Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I think he's right. You know, I, I, as, as, as weird as that statement is, I think he's right. Like, mm-hmm. the whole point of OpenAI was to try to do this in a way that kept this, everything out in the open and everyone can understand it and say, hey, we're going to try to create this stuff, which is coming anyway, and not make it evil. For example, if you went on there right now and, and said, uh, uh, give me a picture, and this is for the... Um, the uh, art uh, version of this, but give mm-hmm. me a picture of uh, Joe Biden with, uh, you know, uh, getting caught in bed with a child, right? The, these engines wouldn't do that for you uh, at this point. But guess what? The Chinese one will, right? Yes. This, all of this stuff is coming anyway. It's going to do it anyway. <clears throat> it's probably the best argument to just have people who are at least somewhat uh, coherent and somewhat... Um, Someone on the other side of the evil uh, circle here and, and have them, you know, innovating and hopefully making the best version that people want to use. Because I think this stuff's all coming either way and we yeah. might as well be ahead of it in, in this country rather than China having it all. Yeah. Well, and I'll just add, Stu, that at least right now when for considering fears from like China and these outside influences that want to take us down, at least we we don't have right now a current president and with anyone in, in his family that do anything that put the country at risk uh, with no shady behaviors or, you know, laptops with hookers and things like that. Yeah. I mean, at least we don't have any of that. It's just all in the up and up. That's true. The true victim here is Hunter Biden, because if those if the if that laptop came out like five years later, he could just say it was all AI. AI. <laughs> That's not real. It's all AI. And we would have believed him. Uh, Dan Andros, managing editor, faithwire.com. Be sure to check out uh, his podcast, Quick Start. It's available every morning. It's great. You got to make sure you listen to it. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the program. All right. Thanks for having me. Interesting update in between our monologue here about the DeSantis Trump thing. And now we have an update, some details leaking from an interview with Ron DeSantis and I think it was Piers Morgan. And it seems like DeSantis is now more uh, overt about his attacks on Trump. Uh, And he hit him on one area, which I think is going to be relatively effective. Um, In a series of jabs at his likely biggest Republican nominee rival, DeSantis slammed Trump over his character failings. Eh. I don't think people really, and that's built in with Trump, I think, at this point. Chaotic leadership style, same thing. And for his handling on the COVID-19 pandemic, especially in keeping controversial health chief Dr. Anthony Fauci in his post helping to run the White House Coronavirus Tax Task Force. I had forgotten about this detail. Trump even awarded a presidential commendation medal to Fauci in one of his last acts as president. I had t- totally forgotten about that. Uh, And uh, believe me, every Republican rival is not going to let you forget about it once this uh, campaign really gets started. He also sort of hinted at actually getting into the race, though it's not official yet. Okay, let's just go over a couple quick updates on a bunch of stories we've been following for a while. Uh, Climate change is speeding toward catastrophe. The next decade is crucial, says the U.N. panel. Yes, we 10 more years till destruction. Once again, no matter when we are, it's always 10 years away. Uh, We've got to stop it from Going to 1.5 degrees uh, Celsius, because 1.49 degrees Celsius is going to be fine. We're going to be totally fine. 1.51, we are all going to burn to death in a fiery flood. So try to keep away. I think this might deserve a full monologue at some point where we really go through the report and give you all the uh, all the, the things they're not telling you in this uh, report. But, you know, it's the same sort of fear mongering we've been getting from them for a while. Richard Dawkins, the known atheist, he's about to get canceled, boys and girls. I know. Uh, He's declared there are only two sexes as a matter of science. That's all there is to it, he said. Dawkins added that those who have tried to cancel J.K. Rowling for making the same point are bullies. Ah, well, we've lost an atheist. 
Uh, he's going to be gone, toast, never going to be seen again. Now, we thought the same thing happened uh, to Coach Kennedy, uh, Joe Kennedy. He's been on this program before, been on the radio show. Uh, he was uh, the subject of a Supreme Court case about whether you can just fire someone because they pray. And the uh, Supreme Court said, no, you, you can't. You can't just do that. Uh, that's not going to work. Well, um, that uh, he got his job back as a football coach, but now gets also $2 million, a settlement from the school district. Now, there was no question uh, he was going to get some sort of settlement. Uh, I'm sure he has lots of uh, legal bills to pay and such, but $1.775 million. This is also, we should point out, uh, along with the very, very helpful work of the First Liberty Institute, um, a sponsor of the show and also just a great group of people uh, who were able to kind of make get him across the finish line on that case, get him his job back, and apparently a bunch of cash, too. So that's, uh, that's very good news. And Biden has released a statement about declassifying intelligence on origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, Josh Hawley had the COVID-19 Origin Act of 2023. He put that up there, basically saying we need to get as much information as possible about the COVID-19 pandemic. Hawley said this is a big win, a huge victory for transparency because Biden is on board. Now, the Biden's statement made me a little nervous. Let me give you this real quick. In implementing this legislation, my administration will declassify and share as much of that information as possible, consistent with my constitutional authority to protect against the disclosure of information that would harm national security. Now, of course, word for word, that's totally fine. That is his constitutional uh, authority and his job to protect national security. In reality, it seems to me there's a big hole here where he's just going to say all the stuff you want to see is stuff that is in the realm of national security and it's all going to be blacked out. We will see if that happens, but at least it's a step in the right direction. The economy's been pretty crazy lately. Have you noticed that? Well, banks are failing and, you know, you don't get your big pile of gold. What are you going to do with it? You can't just leave it on your front porch. I know a lot of people want to do that. There's a lot of package thieves out there right now. How about instead getting a free safe to store your gold in? That's right. Qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group right now through March 31st, they're going to ship a free safe directly to your door. Text the word STU or the name STU to the number 989898. You can get your free info kit on gold and claim eligibility for your free safe. The Fed keeps raising interest rates. We know the banks are in trouble right now. We cannot spend our way out of inflation and all the other problems we have right now. So what do you do? Uh, Well, you can hedge yourself uh, a little bit and you can uh, get either gold and silver in your safe or through an IRA of precious metals uh, where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. So text STU to the number 989898. Get your free info kit on gold and claim eligibility for your free safe uh, by March 31st for qualifying purchases. Again, text the name STU to the number 989898 for Birch Gold. Listen, rate, and review the podcast five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Meh, it's just STU. Gotta love the Stu Show or whatever. Funny show and great real-time pressing political issues. In all seriousness, very well done. Love it. Keep rocking Stu and keep Glenn in line. That's not a promise I can make for you. I'm sorry. Uh, Gary writes it on YouTube. My grandson is a Blue Jays fan. Yes, he is nine and likes the birds. He started liking them when he was five. So, Stu, you are not alone. I have my family and like four other people in America. But baseball's right around the corner. And USA tonight, World Baseball Classic. I'm excited about that one. Uh, Chad writes, uh, who will regulate the regulators? There's absolutely no checks and balances. 
Very true. We have them set up. We just don't use them. And Ben writes, the left will never acknowledge that woke is an issue because they won't get their victimhood dopamine. It is about that. It seems like that's what excites them. It's a weird fetish, boys and girls, but they do seem to embrace it. Tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern, I'm going off the record. A Q&A sec- session. You can ask me whatever you want on the Blaze TV platform. Head to blazetv.com slash off the record. The code is off the record. Make sure you go there and subscribe. And if you're already a subscriber, you're already in the party. So come and ask me some questions tomorrow. It'll be a lot of fun. 1 p.m. Eastern, blazetv.com slash off the record.